May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Glad you uh, got your clocks right. This is good. When we do the clocks back, I always think maybe about 11 o'clock we'll have the uh, ones that forgot showing up for the service. So um, I was working on a sermon from the gospel, and it had to do with the Pharisees and scribes. And it's one of those things where if somebody is irritable and cranky all the time, when they're irritable and cranky, you pay no attention to them because they're just always irritable and cranky. But if somebody's never irritable or cranky, when they get that way, you're going to pay attention. And today, Jesus got that way in the gospel about the scribes and the Pharisees. And he is really going off. And uh, I was looking at the Talmud, which is a commentary on the law, and they had seven kinds of Pharisees. They had six bad and one good. My favorite was the bruised and bleeding Pharisee. And this is the one that was so pure that they wouldn't even look in a woman. If they saw a woman, they closed their eyes and they walked into walls, bruised and bleeding. Then there was the mortar and pestle Pharisee, and they walked around like this. They never picked their feet up off the ground. They were falling down a lot too. And then I heard God say, really? For a baptism? I went, what do you, what do you think? You can talk about baptism. What about the 8 o'clock? They needed to. Okay, so we did. So what I'm going to do is go through that baptismal service. You've heard part of this. And I think it's helpful. I've never done this before. But to go through the baptismal service so that when we say these words and you respond to these things, you have a better idea of what you're saying, why you're saying it. <clears throat> and it starts out, baptism is a sacrament. It's one of two dominical sacraments. A dominical sacrament, we have two. A dominical sacrament comes from Jesus himself. And one is baptism, one is the Eucharist. And the Great Commission says, go and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus says do that, so it's a dominical sacrament. And the other one is Holy Eucharist, and that's at the Last Supper. He says, do this in remembrance of me. So he tells us to do that. We have two dominical sacraments and five sacramental rites. This is one of the dominical sacraments. In and of itself, baptism is not salvific. What I mean by that is just because you got baptized doesn't mean you're saved. Okay? If that meant that, I would literally rent a pumper truck I would drive around Ocala spraying people and blessing them. And they say, what do you think you're doing? I say, it's okay, it's all good, you're in, no problem. Go live your life. It doesn't work like that. What we're doing here is we're planting a seed. And that seed is going to be watered and fertilized, and it's going to grow in these young people. Even if you're 14 or 16, it's going to grow in these young people as they get older. Okay? So it's going to be, we're going to say, I present, and, and you know, you'll stand up and say, I present to receive the sacrament of baptism, and then they're going, to, they're going to sit down. And you'll stand up and say, I present Presley Ann, and then I got a couple questions for you, and then I got a couple questions for you, just the godparents and the parents, okay? So we have the presentation. We do that. And then I'm going to have everybody stand up that's here, the godparents, when I say everybody, godparents, parents. 
Will you be responsible for seeing that the child you present is brought up in the Christian faith and life? Will you be responsible for seeing that this child is, comes to know, love, and serve the Lord Jesus Christ in their life? This isn't just some meaningless ceremony that we're going through. This is meant to be a life-changing thing, even if you're a baby, because they've got you, and they've got you, and they've got you to help them along their way. And you say, I will, with God's help. Will you, by your prayers and witness, help this child to grow into the full stature of Christ? Somebody used to, they, people used to say, well, how do I transmit my values and beliefs and principles to my children? And I would tell them the children come from the factory with a digital recorder that never needs batteries, and it's always on. So what you say, what you do, how you interact with your spouse, how you talk about people that aren't there, right? Like the little girl when the boss came to dinner and she looked at him and said, you don't have two heads. And he said, what? Well, Daddy always says you have two heads whenever he's talking about you. Of course, Dad's over there in the corner dying. But, you know, what you say, they're listening. Are you living out your faith in your home with your kids? That's an important part of this. I will with God's help. Then we have something called the three renunciations. We are um, very sophisticated 21st century Americans. We really believe in the devil. Well, you better, because he's real. Now, some of you I don't know. I'll probably never see you again as long as I live. And you're thinking, what kind of a church are they going to where this guy believes in that kind of stuff. Well, the Bible tells me it's true. I've experienced it. It's true. I always say it's, uh, it's warfare between the good guys and the bad guys, right? And when you know the enemy's working, there's division, isolation, and separation. When God is working, there's peace, clarity, and unity. The enemy is a wedge driver, Okay? He wants to drive a wedge between you two and you two and you two. And he wants to drive a wedge between you and your children. And he wants to drive a wedge between Christ the King Anglican Church and Grace Christian School. He's always trying to separate, divide, isolate you see any of that going on today in our world, in our community? It's everywhere. You look. Do you recognize it for what it is? Sun Yat-sen, centuries ago, a Chinese general said, if you know the enemy and you know yourself, you'll never lose. If you know the enemy but you don't know yourself, you've got a 50-50 chance. If you know yourself but you don't know the enemy, 50-50. You don't know the enemy and you don't know yourself, no chance at all. So it, it's incumbent upon us to see this for what it is as we do these renunciations. Do you renounce Satan and all the spiritual forces of wickedness that rebel, rebel against God? I renounce them. These things are rebelling against God's will for his creation. What is God's will for his creation? Peace, clarity, and unity. 
And the guy, the other guy wants just the opposite of that. I see that right now in Israel. Division. Turkey just withdrew their ambassador. Bahrain just withdrew their ambassador. What was happening before all this? The Abrahamic Accords. They were coming together. There was peace. There was unity. There was clarity about purpose moving forward. Enemy hates that. Now there's division, isolation, separation. See it for what it is. You renounce all the, the evil powers of this world which corrupt and destroy the creatures of God. Um, the enemy is always about taking people down, taking people out. You see this with addiction. Suicide rate among young people has never been higher. They're hopeless. Depression. Destroy the creatures of God. And that's one of the things that he wants to do. Besides driving wedges, he wants to go after individual people and take them down. And you're going to say, I renounce them. Don't be caught up in this. See it for what it is when you see it in someone you care about, someone you love. Know what's going on. It's spiritual warfare. You renounce all sinful desires that draw you from the love of God. No matter how deep you are in your faith, you're always liable for this kind of thing. And what this looks like is a self-centered way of life. It's all about me. I love that sound. I really do. We need more of that. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. <laughs> Presley's just taking it easy over here. <laughs> Is that some kind of drug you gave her before this? or <laughs> Just to be on the safe side. So you have this sense of, of worldliness. Is my, is my value system a worldly value system or a biblical value system? A worldly value system is very self-centered. It's all about me. And any decision has to, has to have that bottom line. I make out. I get more. In a biblical worldview, it doesn't matter. What's the right thing to do? See? You renounce all the sinful desires that draw you from the love of God. I renounce them. If you turn to Jesus Christ and accept him as your Savior, whew, you've probably heard that before. Let me demonstrate this. All right, you're not at a funeral, but I'm going to do it anyway. Jerry Lee. Oh, yeah. Right here, buddy. Bernardo. Uh, who can I grab? Carl. Uh-huh. You're going to be here. Don't, don't, don't fret. You're there. All right, stand and look at him. You know the drill. Carl, come here and stand here. Look out there. All right, <clears throat> when God the Father looks at the miserable sinner, he sees him as unholy, unrighteous, and unacceptable because you are. 
when I was uh, younger, I left the church, and I just didn't want anything to do with it. I didn't have anything to do with it. We didn't go to church. We started going to church when we had Liam, and I was in my, like, 30. And I told Kathy, I said, only one requirement for the church, it's got to be dead. She said, what? I said, I don't want them to ask me for anything. I just want to go to church, get a 30-minute church service, homily, boom, buck in the plate, out the door, I'm good to go. Another week, check the box. I really thought that. Yeah, it's like you're always over there looking at your watch. I thought, boy, I'm going to church, I'm saying my prayers, I'm showing up, I'm putting money in the plate, God's really going to like me. Yay! I really thought that. And I was taught that growing up. My works were going to reconcile me with God the Father. The Bible says that when you have works like that, in order to reconcile you with the Father, they land at the feet of the Father like filthy rags. Filthy rags. That's all they're worth. Nothing. So what's the solution? There's nothing that you can do to reconcile yourself with God the Father because God's standard is perfection and none of us are perfect. But off to the side of everybody's life stands Jesus. Mm-hmm. And when I was 33, I asked Christ to step between the Father and me, right between them. So now when the Father looks at Jerry, he sees him as holy and righteous and acceptable not because of anything you did, because of what Christ did on the cross. And now we are reconciled with the Father through the Son in the power of the Holy Spirit. And you guys can actually stand next to each other as brothers in Christ. There's nothing you can do to make this happen except recognize your need for repentance as a sinner and accept what Christ has done for you on the cross. That's what it means to accept Jesus as your Savior. And you're going to say, I do. And I hope you have. Amen. Thank you. Good job. <laughs> and then we're going to say, ask a question. Do you put your whole trust in his grace and love? Do you put your whole trust in his grace and love? And I want to I wonder, do you worry? Are you anxious? Are you fearful about things? Most people would say, well, yeah, it's just normal. God says, I don't want you to be anxious. I don't want you to be fearful. I don't want you to worry. He says, don't be anxious 365 times in the Bible. Interesting number. You can be concerned about things, but don't be fearful, worried, or anxious. When you're fearful, worried, and anxious, you're expending a lot of energy, but you're not getting anywhere. You're not getting anything done. You're like the hamster on the wheel. You're tired at the end, but you didn't get anywhere. Well, we can do, like, like this stuff in the Middle East. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. When I was in seminary, I did a thing called BCP, um, CPE, Clinical Pastoral Education. You go to a hospital for 10 weeks as a chaplain in the summer. Went to West Penn in, Mar in Pittsburgh. They had a burn unit. Little girl was there, burned head to toe. What happened was in her backyard, her dad had a big vat of gasoline where he would wash off, clean up parts, engine parts. 
she's standing next to it. Her, little, her brother has a firecracker, and he throws the firecracker over the vat. The whole, all the flame, fumes explode, and she's in the hospital. I have a sense of the Middle East is like that right now. There's a vat, and there's all these people standing around it with a, with a firecracker and wondering who's going to be the first to throw it, or will anybody throw it? Or will something happen to make them all leave? I don't know. What I'm doing is I'm praying for God's will to be done. But I'm not fearful, I'm not anxious, and I'm not worried. I'm concerned, and I'm praying, because that's right now, that's what I can do. And I'm plugging into Him rather than that. It makes a difference. So when you put your whole trust in His grace and love, that's what we're doing. If you promise to follow and obey Him as your Lord, it's one thing to have Jesus as Savior, it's another one to follow him as Lord, Savior and Lord. So what did you do? Just knocked him out? Okay, okay. <laughs> the second part of this is Lord. Salvation comes in three phases. There's justification, that's what this is. There's sanctification, that's what this is, following him as Lord. Changing my life, changing the way I think, changing the way I react to things. My value system changes. I start to just do all these different things. I, I'm not who I used to be. I'm in the process of being who Christ wants me to be. That's what, means, that's what it means when you follow him as your Lord, the Lord of your life. It's not just, uh, yeah, I do, okay, fine, whatever, what's for lunch? This is a life-changing commitment. And then we'll say, well, all who you witness these vows do all in your power to support these persons in their life in Christ. And not everybody is going to be closely associated to the young people that are getting baptized here today, but some of you are. Some of you will have a relationship with them as they continue to grow up, as they find their place as they mature, you know, I like that sound too. That's good. That's okay. I love babies are good. Now, we have a wiggle room back there. You got that? Right in the corner. You can still see everything and hear everything. Seriously. Okay. Um, some of you are going to be able to make a difference in their lives. You're going to help them to grow in their faith. Then I'm going to, let's see. Then we have the restatement of our baptismal covenant. We're going to talk about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And then we're going to say, will you continue in the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, and the breaking of the bread and the prayers? That's Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Acts 2.42. Will you continue? And they continued. It says they continued in the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, and the breaking of the bread and the prayers. I, I do that alphabetically so I can remember it. So it's the apostles' teaching, breaking the bread, fellowship, and the prayers. What that's describing is what we do here on a Sunday. We come together for the apostles' teaching, which is what we're doing now. And then we have the breaking of the bread, which is Eucharist, the fellowship, and then we have prayers. And this is what it means, and I'm hoping that as these young people continue to grow up, they will be part of a community of faith. They will find a community of faith. Hopefully it's right here. 
a community of faith as they grow and they mature in their own faith, as they grow up to come to know, love, and serve Jesus Christ. Will you persevere in resisting evil and whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord? I will with God's help. It doesn't say if you fall into sin. It says whenever you do. Just because you did this doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. From now on, I'm not going to do anything wrong. I got news for you. It doesn't work like that. You still have the use. You still kind of stray. You, you fall off the track. But when you do, if this is real, you are convicted by the Holy Spirit and you want to get back in line with what God is doing. You want to be with him. It's not like, oh, got away with that one. Yay. No, it's how could I do, what was I thinking? How could I do that? Lord, forgive me. Restore me in my relationship with you and restore me in relationship with people that I might have offended or betrayed or hurt or done something that's not in line with what you want me to be doing. And when you do that, God always takes you back. He always takes you back. If that repentance is true, he always takes you back, you know, absolutely. Think of the prodigal son, what he did. Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? These last three are how I live my life. Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? I was saying in the Bible study today, in Salon Magazine, someone wrote, Christians are a greater threat to freedom and democracy in the world than Hamas Christians because they're so hateful and unloving and bigoted. Really? Not if they're a biblical Christian. You say, I will with God's help, even when it costs me. Even when it costs me. Even when there's a price to pay for standing up for God, I will do it. Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? I will with God's help. No discrimination. All persons. Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself, regardless of race, creed, whatever it is. God says, I want you to love everybody. And will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? And that is, uh, means that we as Christians want to strive for justice, that people are treated fairly in everything that they do. The law is applied fairly and equally to all people, regardless of their background, their political persuasion, or whatever it might be. These are the things that, that this baptismal covenant covers. Giving your life to Christ, changing who we are, living in a different way, and working hard to raise, there she is, Presley Ann, to raise these young people to know, love, and serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? All right.